Welcome to the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon. It was Jesus. When we called on his name, he saved us. He came and he washed our sins away. He came. Jesus came through his spirit to live in our hearts. With Pastor Jay Petty. And he'll never leave me. He will never forsake me. He will never turn away from me. And he will give me victory after victory after victory as I stand. Join us here each week for the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. And here's this woman, broken. Man, as soon as she finds her healing, what she does, she turns and she goes into the city. And she tells everybody what Jesus had done for them. Now, let's join Pastor Jay Petty for this week's Sunday Sermon. When you're building something, everything is built upon a really good foundation. I'm not talking about the floor. I'm talking about the footing, the foundation. And a foundation's got to be, according to what you're building, has to have a certain degree of, of support underneath it. Each one of these columns in this building have a three by three by three slab of cement with still in the midst of it so that when we set the building, the building would rest on a good foundation. In this corner, the problem was is that that corner, the foundation, we, which we didn't realize was they had all, they had tore down a building and they dumped it. And so, even though we put a good foundation, what was underneath it began to sink. So we had to dig it out, and we poured 11 yards of cement in that little hole right there, just trying all the way down to solid ground so that it wouldn't move anymore. So the thing is, the foundation is the most essential part to any building. Any building, I don't care what you're building. And so when you look at a cornerstone, or the place where you start, it's the corner in which you start a building. In other words, if you started at this, this corner back here, everything has to be in line with that corner. Everything has to be square. Everything has to measure out perfectly in that foundation because from that corner, everything else is built off of it. So when we come to the foundation of God, or the foundation of the church, there's a cornerstone. And that cornerstone is Jesus himself. Everything that is, that, that is taught, everything that is believed inside of, the, in, inside of the house of God comes off of that cornerstone. And the church, the whole church from the beginning to the end is measured by that stone. In other words, Jesus laid it down. And so the apostles and prophets came along and they began to build the rest of the foundation of the church based on what the, on the cornerstone, all the truths that are in the cornerstone, all the things that the cornerstone represented, everything that the cornerstone came to give to the church. So that's where we're going to begin this morning, upon a foundation. Your life needs to be built upon that foundation. Everything you build on that foundation needs to be based in the truth of what that foundation represented to the church. It says in Ephesians 2, 19, Now therefore you are no longer a stranger or a foreigner, but a fellow citizen with the saints and members of God's household. 
you're born again, you belong to the household of God. In other words, this household is like, when you get to heaven, it's like 15,000 miles square, it's a cube. That's how big, that, that's how big of a building that's being built right now in your life, through your life, upon the foundation of what Jesus laid down, see. Uh, we're not foreigners to God, we're not, you know, we're not outcasts, we're not aliens we are the sons and the daughters of God. We are the saints. We have been blessed with sainthood. And that, what I mean by that, we've been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus. See? And we are members of that household, having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building is being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. So this thing is growing. It's been growing from the very beginning. But it's growing into a holy temple. It's growing into a dwelling place where Jesus can walk in the midst of her house. And that's what it says. And you're also being uh, built together for a dwelling place of God's Spirit. So what God is doing and what God wants to do is build a place where his spirit can be manifested in what he's building. In other words, uh, he was saying to them, this house, this membership or whatever it is, we're members of God's household. But it goes deeper than that. We're being built upon something that's already been laid down. We're being built into a holy dwelling place or a holy house or a holy temple of the Lord. We're being built stone by stone as God lays us in our position and in our place through the callings and the giftings that he's called us to do. John put it this way in John 3. He said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. For what is born of flesh is flesh, and what is born of spirit is spirit. See, what makes us members, what ties all of us together, is accepting Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. That's a cornerstone foundation of the, what God is building. That's where it begins. He said, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, unless you're born again. Now, what the, the it's pretty pretty simple, really. Let me explain it to you. When Adam came and he fell in sin, man's spirit died to God. In other words, he, even though God had some kind of relationship with man through sacrifice. All the way down. It was all a preparation for the coming of Jesus. His birth, his, his life, his resurrection. And so when you begin to look at that, we're all born with dead spirits in the natural flesh. We don't know God. And what that simply means is there's no way for us to know God or understand God or have any kind of relationship with God. Now, sometimes people try to build it upon a relationship of religion, but that's not what God was ever after. 
What God was after was to build a living relationship with each one of us individually. That's a foundational truth that is found in the cornerstone. And so when he came, when Jesus died and he paid the price for all sin, and when we believe by faith in what he's done for us, and when we receive that in our hearts, we're regenerated. Our spirit man is regenerated. And what that means, we become alive, and God lives in us, and he makes us home in us, and we become, we become what, somewhat like uh, uh, the Son of God. In fact, we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. And so that, that whole foundational truth is found in him and in him alone. It doesn't come from any other direction. You can't buy your way into it. You can't be good enough to get your way into it. You can't do any of those things except for the way he laid it down. No matter what anybody may tell you, so, well, there's another way in. No, there's no other way in. The only way that you can come into the kingdom of God is that you must be born again. It's a very powerful thing that he offers us sonship. Sorry, daughtership, sonship, peopleship, you know. But really in the spirit, there are no sons and daughters. There's only sons. And what that means simply is in the spirit, everything is neutered. There is no female or male. See. So when we get to stand before God, we're just sons of the, of the Most High God. And so, when, it's so that... In this thing, it's something that God is building. God is building the building. God is building the kingdom. God does it through you and me. And he does it for a reason while we are here. What he's trying to accomplish while we are here is to build into us a dwelling place for his holy presence. A dwelling place for his spirit. So that we have fellowship and communion with his Holy Spirit. So that we can hear from God through his Holy Spirit. So that he can lead us through his Holy Spirit. So that he can teach us through his Holy Spirit. So that he can lift us up through his Holy Spirit. So that he can carry us through through his Holy Spirit. That we become a dwelling place individually and corporately as we begin to understand that that's what God is building. See, no one is left out in that. No one. The relationship begins with him. We come to this place because of him. It was he who saved us. It was Jesus. When we called on his name, he saved us. He came and he washed our sins away. He came. Jesus came through his spirit to live in our hearts. Foundational truth. What God is building is a spiritual house. And what that means is a house that is filled with spiritual people. In your inner man where you dwell as a spiritual man or woman. Inside of you. Where Jesus dwells in you. And he lives in you. He lives in you. There's a song, He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. 
he lives, he lives. <laughs> you ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. That's where Jesus lives. In your heart. In 1 Corinthians 3, 6, it says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Isn't it amazing? God gives you the increase in your life. God gives you the spiritual growth in your life. God builds, gives you that transformation of thinking of mind. God does. He's the one that causes you to grow as long as you get watered. As long as you get fed. This is what he said. The guy who waters, the guy who plants, he's nothing. He's, he's, it doesn't matter. They're just doing the will of God. They're, they're just serving others so that they will cause those, so that God through that can cause the increase in the individual's life. So that they can begin to grow in the things of God. They can begin to grow in the grace of God. You can become mighty warriors in the things of God. <coughs> If you allow yourself to be watered and fed. Now you do that in a number of different ways. Of course you study the word. But sometimes it's hearing the anointed word. Hearing in your heart what God is saying personally to you. And heeding to that. And, and allowing that to nurture you. And cause the increase in you. He can give it to you through a spirit of revelation. That's what Paul says, I pray that he would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. In other words, this, this thing is, is that, that Paul said, I'm praying that God just pour out it and he just begin to increase you and reveal to you and cause you to grow in the power and the things of God. Well, that's what God wants. It's what God has always wanted. He wanted a spiritual house. He wanted a house that would stand against the evils of this world. That's really what he wanted. He wanted a, a house that would reveal his glory and reflect the power of his holy name through the people who are dwelling in that spiritual house that he's building. There's nobody, nobody that is left out in that. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. And each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. Isn't that interesting? Fellow workers. We're, we're working with God. We're working together with God. To carry out the will of God and the purpose of God in our lives. Which affect others. That's a powerful thing. Everything I'm talking about comes out of the cornerstone. It comes out of what Jesus preached and taught and revealed when he walked the earth. The things that he showed his apostles. They finished the job. Jesus didn't do it all himself. You know, Jesus never wrote a book. You know that? 
He never typed out a sermon. He quoted scripture, but he never wrote the Bible. Not in this life. That job was the job of the apostles and prophets, fellow workers with Christ, just as we are. It's a very inclusive work. It's a very inclusive thing that God welcomes all of us into this place where we're able to continue on with what he's doing. Building, building, building. All comes from the fact of the cornerstone that he laid and everything that is inside of that cornerstone of what Jesus did and what he said. There is no book that, has, that, that could be written, and, and John said it, that could fill all the things that he did and said. In other words, we get a very small portion of the things that what, what, what we see that Jesus did. But I want to tell you something. It was more than that, much more than that, much greater than that, because wherever he went, he ministered to thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. Every place he went, he, 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 he delivered people from bondage. He delivered people from sickness and disease. He, he preached the word of God, and he released that word of God over and over and over, laying a foundation that we today are able to finish building the house, that part of the house that God has given us to do. We're not exempt. And for he says... You are God's workers. You are God's field. And uh, uh, according to the grace of God that was given me, I'm a wise master builder. That's what he said. I'm the one that's laying the foundation. I'm the one that's preparing this place for what God is building. I lay a foundation than which is laid, which Jesus Christ which is Jesus Christ. Now therefore, anyone who builds upon this foundation with gold or silver or precious stone of wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become clear. On that day, on that day, he said, uh, declare, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each, each one's work of what sort it is. So if God is building a spiritual house, it seems to me that the, everything that's in it is got to be with living stones, which we are, as we are being built into this dwelling place of God, that it means that everything that's in the midst of that, silver and gold is not going to get you there. What's going to get you there is a spiritual life that's being built up on a day-to-day -day basis in a living relationship with God. That's what's going to build that spiritual house. As we take the time to walk with God, as we take the time to walk with His Spirit and to be moved by Him where He's going, the things that He wants to accomplish. And when we walk with Him in that place, when we walk with Him and, he, and, he's, and he's pouring out through our lives, the spiritual life, it begins to touch and build the kingdom. 
Living waters is only one essence of one very fraction of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is an eternal place. And yet, we're here in this place to accomplish one thing. is to continue building that kingdom. Matthew 8, uh, Matthew 28, 19. Jesus said, Go ye therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I, uh, teach, that all I have commanded you. In other words, Jesus said, Over here, everything that you saw me do, from the very first time that we met, when I said, follow me, when I began to reveal to you the very things of God, those things that I've laid down to you and taught you over three years, you go and do the very same thing that I did. You go out and you baptize them in the name of Jesus, the name of the Father, the name of the Holy Spirit. You go out and lay hands on the sick. You go out and preach the word. You go out and bring deliverance. You go out and do and carry on the mission which I gave you. Wow, that's very powerful. That's the fight against evil. That's the fight we have. That's the fight we're in. He's trying to destroy it, and God's trying to build it. You know what? We're caught in the middle of it. We're caught in the middle of a spiritual war. An amazing thing is that we have victory. You know why? Because we have overcome the world. How? Through the testimony of our mouth, our confession of Jesus Christ and the blood of the Lamb. That's how. I believe in Jesus. I believe he, I believe in him fully. I believe that he is all that he says he is. I believe that he is the victor in my life. And I confess that with my mouth. And I confess the blood that he shed for my life. I confess that my sins have been washed away. I confess no matter even if I stumble, he still got me. I confess that I am an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm, I confess that as long as I stand in him, I have victory. Even though it may not seem so. Even though it may not feel so. Even though it may not look so. The fact is, is I got it. Why? Because I got Jesus. And where do I have Jesus? I have Jesus in me. And he'll never leave me. He will never forsake me. He will never turn away from me. And he will give me victory after victory after victory as I stand. As I stand. And I may go through some bad wars, spiritual wars. I may have to face evil. I may have to even come to the point of death. But you know what? He'll never leave me. And when I leave this earth, I'm going to be in his presence eternally. That's what God is building. That's what God wants you to understand. That's what he's given you. No one can take you out of his hands. Nobody can take you out of the hands of God. 
I don't care how many times you turn to the flesh and do fleshly things. God forgives, and the blood is sufficient. Luke 4, 18 through 19. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. This is our mission. This is the mission of anyone who's been born again. Sorry. There's only one anointing, and it's the anointing of Christ. And since we're his body, that anointing comes to us. And that anointing comes to us in just many kinds of different callings and giftings. Some of you are called to worship, play music, sing glory to God. Some of you are called to be teachers. Some of you are called to be evangelists. Some of you are called to help others. Some of you are called, I mean, the anointing, the anointing that God gives you is for the blessing of the body. It is to build up the body. It's to encourage the body. It's to strengthen the body. It's to, 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 so that the body can remain a spiritual house of God. And can grow, and grow, and grow, and grow. What stunts our growth is not knowing the truth that is in the cornerstone. And that's the honest truth. And even when we know the truth, is not walking in it. That's what stunts our growth and stunts our walk with God. That's really how it goes. It says, because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. How many people do you know that are broken in this world? Broken by life, broken by stupid decisions they make. Broken by actions they wish they had never done. Broken by conditions that are not even, not even uh, something that they did. It was something that was did to them. And yet Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to restore them. He came to give them the fullness of everything that he has to bring healing, complete healing to their heart. We have all kinds of psychologists and psychiatrists and all kinds of people trying to do that very thing. The anointed counselor has, uh, has the ability through the Spirit to bring healing to the broken. Jesus went to the woman at the well for that very purpose because she was a broken woman. You may think it's unorthodox how he walked that out. And it may seem kind of strange in the way that he did it. But he did it. I perceive that you're a prophet. I perceive this. I perceive that. You know, the Messiah is supposed to come. It is I who is he. All of a sudden, that woman's brokenness was healed right at that moment. She was healed at that moment. Jesus touched her in, his, in her heart. It's not her head you're reaching, her heart. It's her heart that was broken. Our head is just gets in the way 
of what, what God wants to do. But it's the heart that God wants to heal because that's where Jesus lives. When the heart is whole, when the heart is full, that person is full of the things of God. They're full of joy. They're full of all the good things that God has for them. They're growing in grace. So God's trying to break through that place where they're broken so he can cause them to be healed. So he can cause them to be the things that he's called, called them to be. There's not one human being in this life that doesn't go through heartache. And yet Jesus heals it all. And here's this woman, broken. And man, as soon as she finds her healing, you know what she does? She turns and she goes into the city and she tells everybody what Jesus had done for her. You have to come and see this man. You have to come and you've got to come and hear his words. I, he touched me. He healed me. He changed my life in an instant. Wow, that's what happens when, when healing comes to a human being. And yet God does not desire or want the brokenness that's in the lives of people. That's what evil does. But God is willing to take that evil thing and make it good. He's able to turn it around and give life to it. He's able to turn it around and bring strength and power and presence in it. Don't hold on to what you got. Give it to him. Let him touch you. Let people pray for you. Let God minister to you and bring healing to your soul, to your heart. 1 John 2.5 Whoever keeps his word truly loves God and is perfected in him. But we, But this we know, that we are in him. He who says he abides in them ought himself to walk as he walked. It's all about cornerstone. To walk the way Jesus walked. Teaching them the things that he's taught you. Releasing those things into the lives of others. Praying and, and ministering to the needs of others. That's what that's all about. Walk the way Jesus walked. Do the things that Jesus did. You think Jesus didn't face opposition? Oh my gosh, he faced all kinds of opposition. In fact, you talk about evil, man. They, they sought to kill the guy. The only way they could do it was that he had to yield up his life. We have all these things that are in the, in the cornerstone truth of what Jesus brought. The gifts of the Spirit. They're for you. Every one of them. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, all of it. It's for you. It's for the body of Christ. It's for the building of the body of Christ. It's a cornerstone truth. Jesus walked in every one of them. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Those are cornerstone truths. That, that God has put inside of you for you to walk in. So that you walk in that love. That, that you walk in that peace. You walk in that joy. You walk in that long suffering. You walk in that kindness. You walk in that gentleness. 
or goodness. You walk in that faithfulness. You walk by faith because the spirit of faith is in you. God has given you the ability. It only takes a mustard seed of faith, only a very small amount to accomplish the faith of God in you. Doesn't take a whole lot. Just believing. Lord, I believe your word. Lord, I believe what you've taught me. I, Lord, I believe the things that I see in you. Lord, I believe those things. Lord, I'm walking in those things. Because that's the truth, God. That's, that's the foundation of what you're building in my life. And it's got to be the foundation when he's building in everyone's life. Because it is. Do not stay where you're at. Grow. I'm just like having a little kid. You don't want that little kid to stay little. Oh, yeah, when they're little, they're fun, but man, you want them to grow. You want them to learn. You want them to grow up. You want them to be an adult, strong and competent and capable of taking care of themselves. You pour out all your love. You pour out all your time into them for that purpose. God's doing the same thing, but it's a spiritual pouring out. It comes through his word. It comes by his spirit. It comes in what Jesus did. It comes in our faith in believing that. We can do it. Uh, I think I better stop there. <laughs> <coughs> The whole thing comes down to one thing. Is that God came to you personally when you got saved. He may have used a preacher, he may use some person, he may use somebody as an instrument by which he came. But he came to you. And he convicted you. He convicted you of sin. It's called godly, godly sorrow. And you know what happened? You confessed it. You said, Jesus, I believe. I believe that what you did. I believe in the cross. I believe in, in everything that you did. You say that. I believe you washed away my sins. And Lord Jesus, I just want to receive you in my heart. Wow, and you were born again. That quick was that quick because you believed it my friends you belong to a you very unique family that ties every one of us together we are brothers and sisters by the spirit of the living God who lives in us I could no more deny you than you can de deny me. It's impossible. You can't do it. Oh, you can pretend. But it doesn't work. You broke all the barrier walls down of all cultures. Of all religious, 
Man's the one who keeps trying to put them back in. Let put this wall up because so, I'm different. When you get to heaven, I'm telling you, those walls don't mean nothing to God. It's a choice to live. It's a choice to live. It's a choice to live in that place with God. It's a choice to grow. It's a choice to allow His Spirit to fill your life. It's a choice to walk. You can't hate your brother and love God. And it's very clear, you can't do it. You can't pit yourself against one person or another, a church or any other thing, because the moment you do, let me tell you what you do. You're putting up a wall that separates you from the very thing that God's trying to bring you into. Thank you for joining us today here at the Living Waters Church in Globe, Arizona. We hope you enjoyed the message by Pastor Jay Petty. May you have a great week and may everything you do be blessed by God.